0: What's better than this? Guys, me and Dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Monday edition of the show. Kyle, your first uh, Saturday with no full slate of college football, how was it, sir?
1: Dude, I got all my work done by like six o'clock. It was amazing. Sat down, had a relaxing dinner. Didn't feel like I had to like pull a red eye with watching film, so it was nice. It's very productive.
0: Wow, just just like you are embracing the no live football.
1: Uh, I honestly am yeah. uh, because <laughs> last last night's Sunday Night Football game. Uh, uh, congratulations, by the way, uh, but that is four hours I will never get back, and I, I kind of regret watching it. Based on no, nah,
0: <laughs> there's nothing to regret. It's a good, good solid football game. Tight game, two good how, defenses.
1: How many ducks? Into double coverage did did Hodges throw last night?
0: Several. And that's did that, you, was, did you that, that was get that joke? Yeah, listen. Thankful for Duck Hodges.
1: Listen, you got to be a real quack to make some of those plays, <laughs> man. <Ba-dung, ting>. <laughs> <laughs> but my favorite one, my favorite joke cuz I made a lot of jokes in the last 2 minutes of the game last night. Did you know cuz th- they call him Duck cuz he hunts ducks, right?
0: I just thought Devlin was such a bad first name. He went by something, some type of nickname, but no.
1: No, so he's like a straight up duck hunter and like he's got like duck calls and stuff like that. Okay. His new call actually attracts defensive backs. <laughs> that was the
0: big appeal. That's why Tomlin was playing him over Rudolph because he hadn't killed him.
1: Right. Well, guess what, Mike? <laughs> now he's killed you.
0: <laughs> Don't throw a Trey White's guy.
1: Yeah, right. Trey <laughs> had an awesome game last night.
0: Yeah, he did. Six picks on the air. He's playing well, but
1: what's going on with Ben Roethlisberger, by the way?
0: He's hurt and growing a beard.
1: He looks he looks like the uh the uh lumberjack from the animated Rudolph movies.
0: Uh that is Yukon Cornelius.
1: Yeah, he looks like Yukon Cornelius right now.
0: When I grew out my beard 2 years ago, people said that about me.
1: But somebody you, even bought me wear a the Christmas ornament of
0: him well the, yeah I, I used to regularly wear the beanie cap and yeah with that and and it did but now I've I've since evolved as a human being and I understand that you have to get your beard like trimmed and shaped and so it kind of fades at the top so that it doesn't look like you know just like straight out starting at the top like right. where your ear goes you know what I mean you gotta you gotta get right. that thing tightened up so but that's not what Ben's doing, right? He's growing it all out, and he—I mean, yeah, he looks it's, bad.
1: It's—it's—it's <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's an ambitious beard. But I think it's just like a no F's given beard. The,
0: the, what's going to be annoying about that is like that's that's at the point where it's just going to be like getting in like zippers and like your seatbelt in your car. It's going to come over and just like rub on that. He's <laughs> he's got to get that tightened up. <laughs> So we've got well, we got a lot of teams that punched their ticket to the postseason. Uh, yeah, I think eight eight of them. So we got eight spots claimed and four available. Um, in the AFC, uh, Baltimore, Buffalo, New England, Kansas City are all in. We've got the winner of the AFC South and a second wild card spot to figure out. And the NFC, we have the Seahawks, Packers, Saints, and 49ers all in. We have to sort out the NFC East and one wild card spot, but that looks like it's going to be the Minnesota Vikings.
1: Uh, as far as the AFC wildcard spot, yeah. If both teams win out, Pittsburgh is in. Correct. That will not happen because Pittsburgh is playing uh, the Jets and Ravens, and the Ravens will be week seventeen. And Tennessee is playing uh, the Saints next week, and then the Houston Texans again.
0: Which team's not? What? what so, what do you think's going to happen there? I think Pittsburgh has a better chance of winning two games than Tennessee.
1: Well, they do. If Pittsburgh and Tennessee both win out, Pittsburgh is in. Yep. If Tennessee and Pittsburgh both go one and one, but Tennessee beats Houston, Tennessee is in. But if they both go one and one and Tennessee beats New Orleans, Pittsburgh is in.
0: Yeah, what is that? Did that get into conference record
1: and that's why? Yes, it's record against the conference.
0: They hadn't played each other this year, I don't think.
1: No, they have not. Well, and then, and- obviously, if they both go zero and two, then Pittsburgh is in. So Tennessee must beat Houston, and Pittsburgh must lose a game.
0: Well, if Tennessee beats Houston, they got a chance to win the division, right? No,
1: they're done. Oh, okay, no, that can't be true. It's done. It's it's in unofficially done.
0: I, I mean, it's like ten- if Tennessee wins out and Houston loses out, then Tennessee wins a division, right? Yes. Just you know- just like in the AFC East. <laughs> If the Bills win out and the Patriots lose out, the Bills the Bills win the AFC East, which, uh, by the way, go go Dolphins, brother, at week 17. No, man, that ain't going to happen. Kyle, come on. What a beautiful moment that will be in our lives. The Bills beat New England this Saturday, just on whatever prayer I think that'll happen. I am
1: telling you right now, I don't want it. I don't I not want, want it. to win.
0: Give me that Dolphins dub over Brady. In week seventeen. Where's the game so being played? Where are
1: you? Are you aware? Just to finish this AFC South thing. Yeah. Uh, what each of their records are against the division.
0: Wait, the Houston and Tennessee. Four, yeah, Houston's four and one, and Tennessee's two and three. They got to have an outright better record.
1: Right. So it's it's going to come down to Houston wins one game, no questions asked. They are AFC South champs. Right. Uh, to answer your question, Miami and New England play in New England week 17. Oh, damn.
0: So Patriots get two in a row at home to end the year?
1: Of course they do. Damn. Why would they not? Why would they not <laughs> get favorable scheduling <laughs> against the AFC East in the critical crunch time?
0: This is the latest in the season. The division hasn't been clinched since 2008, so you know what? Well,
1: and you know who won it that year?
0: Miami Dolphins.
1: That's right, baby. So, right. let, let, can we switch gears? Switch them. Just make sure you, you you push the clutch. We have two games or two divisions that are probably going to come down to Week Seventeen head-to-head matchups. Did you realize that?
0: Um. No, I do. Yes, I knew that both so, of those they played the East and the AFC, NFC East, and. AFC South.
1: I was talking about on the NFC side.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. So we have 11 and 3 and 11 and 3 yeah, with Seattle big. and San Francisco in the West. They play each other in Seattle week 17. Philly and Dallas are both 7 and 7. They play each other, but that's week 16 this week. So that's probably going to be a winner take all. And then Green Bay and Minnesota low key play each other week 17. And Green Bay leads that by a game right now.
0: The 49ers
1: losing to Atlanta was weird. What a crazy like and they beat him like three times on the last drive, too. <laughs> it's like, well, like I, so, I, I think Hooper caught that ball, man.
0: Oh. Uh, I'm surprised they overturned it just because they called it a catch on the field. Right. Um, so that was surprising, but like Horstead dude, like they had a cool play at the end there uh to try to tie it. You know they were like what the thirty-five or something, and they didn't just throw it in the end zone. They did like, you know, they did like the lateral type Are play. You talk
1: about, you're talking about Chicago now.
0: I keep doing this. Yes, I was, Chicago. Yes, I I did that yesterday talking with my brother about the game. But I do want to talk about that Chicago play.
1: <laughs> do you want to talk about the Atlanta game or
0: no? Not, now now I do. Yeah,
1: let's go back to the Atlanta game. Jesus. <laughs> Um, my, you so that know. was the Hooper catch that got overturned. And right. then the very next play, like. I guess the booth initiated the review with a second left, right? Because they they marked him short.
0: Yeah, the Julio touchdown. Yeah, they they called him short initially, and then the review was obvious. But there,
1: but there was like a second left. Like, has there ever been a scenario in which like. Play takes place. Clock expires to end the game, and then they come back in over the top.
0: Well, I, yeah, I, I, it's super anticlimactic, right?
1: But uh, the, it didn't turn out that way because that there was like a second left, and they literally reviewed it right then and there. Even though it was a running clock, and they marked him short. So, or was it fourth down, or was it fourth down?
0: Yeah, there wasn't the a fourth and seven. Well,
1: it was from the five. It was fourth, and something like that, fourth. right?
0: Yeah. Okay, so then
1: so then there's a turnover on down scenario. So that would have stopped the clock.
0: Well, yeah, well, they they scored a touchdown, though,
1: but they marked it short on the field is what I'm saying.
0: And they reviewed it and got it right.
1: But It's like, you know what I mean? I if it would have been third and five. And they mark him short, the clock should have run out on the game. Do you understand what I'm saying?
0: I understand. Yes.
1: So I thought that was peculiar. No, this was third and goal. God damn it. So it was I'm not, I have no idea what you're getting at here. Joe, <laughs> should the clock have not run out? If it's third and goal and they mark him short of the end zone and there's one second left, it's a running clock. Should the game have not ended, they reviewed the play, but I've never seen a scenario in which they stop the clock immediately to review the play. No questions asked.
0: I mean, it's inside of two minutes. all reviews come from the booth.
1: I just didn't I've never seen that scenario play out before. Oh. I was i would I would have expected the extra second to run off the clock. And then they initiate the review. Which would have removed the scenario in which the Falcons on the laterals on the kickoff afterwards ran that back for a touchdown and suddenly the Falcons overhits. So like there's big betting implications on um, the booth immediately stopping the clock on a third and goal play that was marked short of the line with one second left on the game clock.
0: Did you have cash on the game?
1: Ben did. <laughs> Bad beat, Ben is back.
0: No, he got the Bills right.
1: Well, he was in Slack last night complaining about how he's just had unbelievably bad betting luck. He, he said, don't touch the Eagles game too. And the Eagles scored a touchdown to cover their Dwayne. spread against Washington the same exact way.
0: Yeah, It was that like was... last
1: play, they picked it up and scooped it and ran it back.
0: Man, Dwayne Haskins got to take the sack there. They had, they had a timeout. It was a bad play. He just threw it behind him.
1: So let's talk about Chicago now.
0: I just want to talk about the end of the game where if that it was it horse if he would have pitched the ball to Allen Robinson.
1: <laughs> yeah. And he had, a had a about 50, touchdown. He had about 15 yards to decide to do it, too.
0: I, I don't I mean, that was a really cool play set up that they had there. And the dude just ate the ball like.
1: <laughs> he ate it until he was getting tackled. And then I don't know if you saw that, but the Green Bay defender actually kicked the ball on the pitch.
0: which is is that some type of a legal thing you can't kick it Uh, like on purpose did he do it on purpose I
1: I don't know how intentional it was I mean his eyes went down to look at the ball before the ball struck his foot but like it would have been a low pitch so it would have bounced on the way over there and it would have probably killed Robinson's momentum but if he catches it takes three steps and pitches it to Allen like Allen also has an escort in front of him as a lead blocker. He easily would have scored.
0: You hate to see it,
1: but Chicago didn't get it. They would have had to get a two point conversion to just a tie right, anyway. Right. Yeah. But that ended Chicago's playoff aspirations. They're done. I think that I think I saw this as the twelfth time in fourteen years they're out of the playoffs. Really. I believe I saw that.
0: That that sort of surprises me.
1: Well, I'm gonna cross reference it. 13. five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, thirteen. I'm sorry. They're two of their last thirteen making the playoffs.
0: Man. Rough stretch in Chicago, huh?
1: In two thousand they they went to the Super Bowl in two thousand sixteen. And then they had a three-year layoff. Went eleven and five. Went to the conference championship with Jay Cutler. And then they had an eight-year dry spell in which they had one winning season. And then they went twelve and four last year and lost in the wild card round. Unfortunate. Did you just tear paper?
0: No, I just did like a like a like a in breathe like that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> what about how about the uh, the Raiders? There he their their, is. their final farewell to Oakland fans in the last game there was completely pooping their pants against the hapless Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville scored fourteen points in the fourth quarter to walk away with the win.
0: Um, I, we'll see what happens here with this team. Like, I, I mean, you could see, you could see maybe them wanting to do something splashy at yeah, quarterback. Obviously, uh, moving the team to Las Vegas happens, but like I'm anxious to see what their course forward is. I know they got draft capital and cap space and stuff like that, but like what type of moves do cuz they've been pretty aggressive. What what are those moves that gets them out of this cycle? <sighs> yeah, like what's going to what's going to really flip the script there? I mean, they play, they have a lot of young players, right? So, I mean, that's, they have a lot of young players that have gained valuable playing time this year. But, like, do they identify Derek Carr as we've kind of peaked with him? This is as good as it's going to get? Or do they think, I want to know what the the Raiders think of Derek Carr.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, he's 28 years old. He'll be 29 by the start of the season next year. I kind of think what he is is what he is. Right, And I I know he had that really good year in 2016 under Jack Del Rio, in which he threw for almost 4,000 yards, almost 30 touchdowns. Uh, he got hurt the second to last game of the season, uh, and he had a quarterback rating of 96.7. He actually, from a statistical standpoint, has his best quarterback rating of his career this year. His yards per attempt is at its highest point it's ever been. Uh, he's only been sacked 24 times this year. So, like, he does some nice things, but I just feel like this is one of those quarterbacks where, like, you box yourself. Like, we're reaching the Ryan Tannehill, Andy Dalton kind of ceiling here, the, as to word it the way that you did, where you're going to get what you're going to get. And I really don't know what Oakland can do to draw out different results from him. And if you're content with winning six to nine games every single year, then great. He's your guy. But I don't know if he has those special skills and tangibles instincts to take his game to a new level, which is going to help transcend the scenarios that that he's in in Oakland.
0: But in, at the same time, it's like – I mean, if the Oakland Raiders went seven to nine this year, like we might have said just that's yeah, like, hey, that's a little better than maybe we thought. So it's it's a weird where, situation but, there. And but, I'm not sure. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I'm not sure there's a uh a, a quick way to that I can see that okay, this team gets over that threshold, they get over the hump.
1: Yeah, I think Derek Carr's a good starting quarterback in the NFL. But you, if you're going to stick with him in Oakland, you are banking on developing the rest of your team to significant degrees. And I mean, let's be honest, the receiver core that he has is at his disposal there this year is not great. Yeah, And he's putting up admirable numbers, but he's one of those quarterbacks where you're going to have to get everything right around him if you want to have a chance for a deep postseason run yeah. as compared to being one of those quarterbacks that can – Elevate the play of those around him. And I think that the the perfect example is Ryan Tannehill. Forget the fact that Tannehill played his worst game as a starter yesterday against the Texans. If you just think about what Tannehill had in Miami, never had a good offensive line. The one year they had a 1,000-yard rusher, Tannehill was 8-5 as a starter before he got hurt. And Miami went on to go 10-6 and make the playoffs that year. Every other year, like, non-consistent offensive line from a pass protection standpoint, very little in the way of successful running game. And the skill players that he had, like the best skill players he had was Jarvis Landry for a few years. And he had Mike Wallace for a hot sack there. And Brian Hartline caught a thousand yards for one season with, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's like, and then you take him to Tennessee and you've got a good offensive line. You've got Derrick Henry, who's rushed for like 1,900 yards in his last 18 games. And you've got A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, the tight ends that they have that are all athletic and good pass catchers. Like, that's the recipe if this is the kind of archetype and mold and player that you want to have as your starting quarterback, which is fine, but it greatly reduces your margin of error of getting it right.
0: So they're they're in a weird spot. <laughs> And a lot of teams are a lot of teams are like in a really weird spot where it's it's kind of like you take an honest look at where what the roster is and what the ceiling of their quarterback is. And you feel like they're just going to teeter on mediocrity or they're going to have to do something aggressive to really change their course, really elevate their course, raise their standard.
1: By the way. How about them Cowboys, Joe?
0: (laughs) This was a big game for you, but it escapes me as to why. Was it the strength of schedule or something?
1: So it comes down to strength of schedule for both the NFC East teams in New York and Washington. Getting that strength of schedule up because as a yeah. Dolphins fan, New York, Miami, and Washington are all 3-11. and 11. So getting the Dallas win as a team that those two teams both played twice was critical for like every game that the Eagles and Cowboys can win from here on out, is a win for Miami from a draft perspective based on strength of schedule. Well,
0: they're going to win at least one more game because they play each other. I don't they know about play the each
1: other. They <laughs> play each other, and then they play the Washington Redskins and the New York Giants.
0: <laughs> which, uh, I guess, which team would you rather play? The Redskins or Giants? Who's the tougher out? Who's the tougher out? Yeah, who's the tougher out?
1: <sighs> Washington's just... New York is inept, but Washington's just stupid. I think I'd rather play Washington.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, especially with Eli, quarterback for the Giants. Everyone's got their jokes about Eli, but he's not the worst quarterback that's ever taken the field in the history of life.
1: Well, that was the the problem yesterday. Miami's starting second corner on the outside was a guy that was on the Patriots practice squad six days ago, and Eli just kept throwing at. And the dude had no idea what to do. (laughs) So, I mean, kudos. kudos. I mean, that's exactly what you want to do. And the Dolphins don't have to pass rush to pressure Eli to the degree in which you force the mistakes. And Eli still threw like three picks in the game. Yeah. But uh, continue to attack weaknesses. And I think Eli's experience in that regard makes the Giants a little bit more of an interesting and tougher out. So, yeah. This division's kind of materializing exactly the way we figured, Joe. It's just both Dallas and Philadelphia have three less wins than we we thought they would at this point.
0: Is this real life? Is this real life? The Dolphins running back right now is Patrick Laird?
1: Yeah. (laughs) You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick is one of three quarterbacks in the NFL to be leading his team in rushing this year.
0: Yeah, and last year that was funny. I saw that Josh Allen was like the second quarterback ever to lead his team in rushing. And he, last year, and this year, we're going to have like two three. or three. Is it because Fitz, it's Lamar it's and who? Kyler. Oh, is he? <laughs> yeah. It's happened and, and two and it times looks- in the history of football. Going into this year, it's going
1: to happen <laughs> three times this year. What the hell? Well, it's like I don't know who's going to catch who's going to catch Fitz because. <laughs> Fitzpatrick has two hundred and nineteen rushing yards, right?
0: No, 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 that's not that's not leading the team, is it?
1: That's leading the team. Oh yes. my god. Yeah, they have they have nine hundred and ninety-seven yards in fourteen games. Wow. Now second place is two hundred and one yards with Mark Walton, who was cut four weeks ago.
0: Yep, man gonna be
1: him. Third place is 174 yards from Kenyon Drake, who was traded at the date the trade deadline to the Arizona Cardinals. Third or fourth place is 135 yards from Kalen Balaj, who's on injured reserve list and averaged 1.8 yards per carry this year. Patrick Laird is in fifth place on the team in rushing and he is 89 yards behind Ryan Fitzpatrick with two games to play.
0: Man, I don't think it's going to happen. I think Fitz is going to do it. That's Fitz remarkable. Is,
1: Fitz is averaging 16. Point eight rushing yards per game played this year
0: so the the i don't think it, that's never happened right like in the in an in nfl season a team's never ha- had a leading rusher under 300 yards right that's never happened
1: i'm not sure if it, all i know is that the dolphins are on pace to have the worst rushing offense in a season since 2000
0: they had 122 yards rushing and 4.9 yards of carry yesterday
1: Wow, who Miami did? Yeah, and they all came in garbage time. <laughs> Trying all to get of out it of came the game. Time. Let's get yeah. out of here. I mean, it's literally they're they're down sixteen points or twenty four points, and they're going empty or four wide sets and running inside zone, outside zone, and that's how like Gaskins had a good day rushing. Laird actually ended up with like 40 yards, but I think at halftime he had like five. (laughs) So just it was brutal.
0: Uh, Real quick before we go today, uh, touch on this Heisman voting.
1: Yeah, I want to know who the four and a half percent of you assholes are who didn't put Joe Burrow inside your top three on your ballots. (laughs) How yeah, is well, that possible?
0: Well, it's it's got to be like the people with an agenda or like that are for a certain conference. And so they purposely didn't do that. But like Ohio
1: State pre- people probably put like.
0: Yeah, they put their two guys and then, uh, you know, like
1: <laughs> they might have got Dobbins in there. Like.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, they may have. Honestly, I'm not sure Dobbins wasn't worth being at this discussion. But like I was a little surprised Hertz was too.
1: I was surprised too. But I think if you you keep the context of like how many points Hertz had cuz he had what 760 720 something like that 762 762 that would have been fourth place in 24 uh 2018.
0: <laughs> so it was it was a a cluster underneath it and on, honestly maybe having the two Ohio State guys maybe hurt them a little bit in terms split, of
1: the, split their votes yeah. a little bit. Yeah. yeah.
0: But I mean, obviously Joe Burrow winning it was obvious. Um, I like that chase young had the most second place votes. I guess that's pretty good. Right. But like, I wonder what, how much he would have aided into Burrow's votes if he would have played those two games, because I'm guessing you would have had some pretty juicy numbers against was like Rutgers and, uh, maryland oh, or something
1: he, he'd have probably had 20 sacks <laughs> this year
0: right like i mean he had a great year to begin with and he missed two like games where you feel like he could have really racked up some some
1: numbers but yeah cupcake games and and he still at this point has 60 He still may finish this season with 20 sacks by the way well yeah i mean potentially two more games yeah two two games and he's got 16 and a half now and seven forced fumbles this year yeah Monster. By the way, let's let's talk about the fact that Chase Young told TMZ that he thinks he's coming back (laughs) next year. I think you made
0: it. You made an interesting point in this. In our exchange back and forth, you said that this was like potentially like just looking for a distraction-free postseason. Do you think he gets that? Do you think he achieves that with those comments?
1: No. But I mean, I, th- I think I think it's better than saying, "Yeah, I'm out of here" at the end of the year when you're in the college football you, playoff.
0: Yeah, you can't say that, right? But why say anything? It's freaking TMZ. Like, no, why idea. have any comments? Like, no, I'm just, I'm focused on the postseason right now. That's all I got to say, and like, that's it.
1: Well, maybe it opens the door for if Ohio State doesn't win the national championship and Chase Young feels like he's got unfinished potential. You know, Justin Fields will be back. Maybe he would make that decision. I'll believe it when I see it. But I don't believe it when he tells it to me because he's a lock for the top two. Like he he's right. going to be the number two pick unless like the New York Giants. Get that pick and they choose they don't want to trade down and they would take him at one. Your floor is two as Chase Young.
0: Right. And I don't think it gets better next year. I mean, you're still going to have quarterback-needy teams at the top of the draft with Lawrence and Fields.
1: And potentially Tua if Tua goes back.
0: Sure, right. So, like, it doesn't – I don't know. Like, I'm not sure I get this.
1: Well, it, I guess it, it. the only reason he would be motivated to come back would be for team accolades at the college level. It's the That's only cool. reason why he would come back.
0: Right, I mean, or what wants his degree or, you know, stuff like that. Or
1: but. Or, or if he really loves college, and there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> right. But as yeah. far as from a business perspective, the logical <laughs> thing to do is go get it. Uh, yeah, you're going to be top two pick.
0: And I don't know, maybe he just doesn't want to go play in Washington. Who knows? <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> although, although, yeah, this is a good one for us to wrap on. Who was at the game yesterday, Joe? Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer was in the owner's box yesterday.
0: Obviously, he just wanted to see his former players, Terry McLaurin and Chase Young or and uh Dwayne Haskins play. We shouldn't read too much into this, Kyle. Well,
1: Haskins had his best game as a pro. He did. Against the Eagles. And so. what what's what's 15's name? sims yeah what jackass play at the end of that game just go straight just go get the first down dude (laughs) i'm glad you saw it yeah it was bad because that was that was the boneheaded play of the the game because how much time was left under two minutes yeah you get the first down you milk the clock you kick the game-winning field goal as time expires nope Instead, you concede two yards and try and jump cut outside and get tackled and force a fourth and one. Would you have given any consideration to going for that? Yes. Because, I mean, like you, you have successfully run the ball for the majority of the day against Philly. Right. And if you get the yard, then you prompt the timeouts to be spent. And then you can, again, commence with milking the clock. And Philly, if they get the ball back, is in a much more difficult situation. Or if you don't get it, the game is still tied and you're still on the plus side of the field. You're near the 20-yard line. Right. Oh, man, Well, Bill Callahan played it close to the vest and he got what he deserved. <laughs>
0: That's going to be that's how he is though. That's always going to be his deal.
1: Yep. So So, that's a lot of these guys. Pat Shermer's the same way. Yeah. Pat Shermer's got some baffling end of game and halftime. New York, (laughs) New York, spent timeouts a couple weeks ago before half to to kill the clock to get the ball back, and then they ran out the clock once they got the ball. (laughs) Why even bother? Why are you calling timeouts to force a punt and then just run the ball out?
0: But in all reality, losing that game was the best thing for him.
1: That's right. (laughs) Because now they're, although they're, they dropped, they lost and dropped.
0: They lost and dropped.
1: They lost. Oh yeah. Yeah
0: and because, dropped
1: in the draft order because, because Miami the passed them on strength of schedule.
0: Yeah. I don't think it changes the players they would take, but when
1: well, the Giants they... the Giants won and stayed at 2.
0: Right. But they all played each other the last 2 weeks.
1: Hey, I wrote about that at the draftnetwork.com. You guys should swing over and check out uh, my article entitled Stage set for NFL's toilet bowl bonanza. In week 16, in which I recap the four games next week that all feature teams currently picking in the top 12, playing against one another, and I go through three separate scenarios of what the draft order could look like at the end of next weekend, which includes all the Vegas favorites winning, uh, my prediction, and a pure chaos scenario which would be a lot of fun. So swing over, check it out. Let us know what you think. Joe's got a mock draft up at the site today. Make sure you check in, tweet at him, at the Joe Marino. Let him know how much you hate his picks. Or if you love the pick, you can let me know. I enjoy the positivity.
0: Mm-hmm. There's not been a lot of hate so far. It's been it's been a nice nice start. Well, the day's still early, my friend. Yeah, thanks as
1: much for listening to draft dudes we'll be back tomorrow with takes on takes send your hot takes to at the joe marino and at grinding the tape we'll talk to you tomorrow